to all the exhausted village. I'm, that's what I'm gonna call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're gonna love the exhausted educator. <laughs> What is going on, Education Heroes? Thank you for stumbling in to the Exhausted Educator Show. This is going to be a special giving thanks type of episode where we're thankful for some of the things that are happening. I know it's been tough. I know sometimes it's tough to find things to be thankful about when things are challenging, but we all have some things to be thankful for this year as we head into Thanksgiving, and the holiday season in general. I am thankful for so many things. I'm thankful for you. Because for some reason, you're listening and you're watching this short, bald dude run his mouth. And I'm pretty sure you show up because of our dynamic guests, not me. Because the guests are brought on to fill that void of excellence that I've yet to hit. And I'm not sure I will, and I'm okay with that. But you keep showing up, and I appreciate that. And if you're new, I'm happy that you're here as well. I do want to tell you, I've got a special guest because I'm thankful for you. She's going to be the gift, the Thanksgiving gift for you. She is amazing, and she's probably exactly what we all need right now. The gift that she's going to give is all about self-love. You know, she's going to wrap you in love with that gift. She's going to talk about why you should be loving the mess out of yourself, despite the challenges, because we're all kind of beaten down a little bit. Confidence is low. If that's you, you're not alone. Students as well. She's going to dive into self-love for students, because we all could use a little bit of self-love right now. I also want to take a second before we move forward and thank some special people. There is a group of you who, well, you, you just, as soon as an episode drops, you're on it. I don't know you, but I wish I did. Because that group, whoever you are, because I see it in the analytics, right? It pops up in the numbers with downloads. Whoever you are, I wish you would reach out to me and let me know why you're listening. It's kind of like we always talk about like trying to build behavior. You reinforce behavior. Well, if there's something that's bringing you back, I want to know what that is. And also, that group of people who, you know who you are, as soon as you're downloading, an episode drops, you download immediately or you watch it on YouTube, um... Hit me up and let me know why you like it, but also are there some things that you would change? Because essentially, you're the people that we're trying to serve here. And if you keep coming back, we want to make it the experience the best that we possibly can. Keep that in mind. You can hook, you can hook up with us at Exhaust Educator on all the social media platforms, but you can also 
especially that group of people, anybody in general, but that group, I'd love to hear. Um, you can private message me. You can also email uh, contactexhausteducator at gmail.com. It'll be in the show notes. And you can send me an email with that information. Love to hear some of that feedback, people. Love to. I also have some very special thanks to go out to people that I had no idea would be listening to our show. I'm blown away. And don't get me wrong. It's not like we're crushing it here on the Exhausted Educator Show with numbers. And frankly, I'm not as concerned about like being some, you know, huge podcast. But I did look at the analytics the other day, and I noticed something that I hadn't seen before, and I was stunned. We have international listeners. Now, when I talk about like listening, looking at the analytics, I'm talking about just the audio style, because I can't break this down on the YouTube ver- YouTube side like I can with the audio for some reason. So, But I, I can actually find out where you were when you were listening to a podcast, which is amazing. We interrupt this episode to give you a quick service announcement. I just want to let you know that although in this episode it is talking about being able to tell where you were when you downloaded an audio episode, it is only the country that we can see. We cannot see your exact location. So if that scared you a little bit that maybe this short bald dude would show up at your doorstep, please do not worry about it. That is not the case. Again, only the country we can see. This now concludes the service announcement. And we have international listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, 8% of our listening audience is from Germany. Guten Tag, ladies and gentlemen. I am happy that you seem to be listening in German in Germany. I am blown away. Uh, right behind Germany in, in percentage of listeners, Canada. Thank you, Canada. I'm not exactly sure if I should throw out, like, a French thank you or an English, but how about, I appreciate you, eh? No more dad jokes! That was bad. My apologies to the Canadians. How about I just have a sip of maple syrup for you later on? Thank you, those of you in Canada. Here are some other countries that have actually listened to episodes. This is unbelievable. Besides the United States, which is obviously our, you know, our main target audience, we have a listener in Sweden, Lithuania, France, India, and Guatemala. Unbelievable. You all are amazing. I cannot believe it. That was something I did not even think I would see. So I appreciate you all. And to show our thanks... We're going to give you an awesome gift of self-love coming up in this episode. Here's the rundown for this episode. So in a minute, we're going to jump into our interview with Laura Rizzo, who's going to talk to us all about self-care and taking care of yourself and how you can help students take care of themselves. And we're going to move to party time, and that's going to be about a swimming, swimming in a pool of thankfulness which sounds really weird, and it's an odd story of how I became a pool owner and I had to own a pool that was not ideal, and the things that I learned in that horrible process 
and it somehow relates back to your classroom in a weird, demented way. Stay tuned for that. Let me dive into our amazing guest. Laura Rizzo is a high school counselor in Texas in El Paso. Her story is unbelievable. Where she was at as a youth, as a a young teen, to where she's at now is absolutely incredible, her journey. She's come so far in in so many areas of her life And the message that she's sending now about self-love and positivity in the world is truly needed, in my personal opinion. She's an inspiring person. You're going to love hearing from her. Yes, she's a high school counselor. It's not all she does, though. She actually is a speaker. She speaks with schools. She does uh, consulting on the side and does team coaching. A big believer in SEL and the impacts that you can make in the classroom, in the schools, with young people who desperately need your help. You are going to love this interview. I'm not kidding when I say her story is unbelievable. And if there was ever if there was ever an episode you need to share with others, other educators, this interview is probably it. And I'm not saying that because I want our podcast out to more. I'm saying because her message is needed. It is really needed. Teachers and students and administrators and paraprofessionals and bus drivers and nurses and everyone in education land are really down, are really down on themselves. Her message is going to help. And the way that she got to the point where she's at now is unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, my new friend, and man, is she amazing. She's going to be your friend too soon. Miss Laura Rizzo. I am super excited to have a person to step on our show and talk all about self-love, which I truly believe is a topic we need to hit on more and more in the education world. I listen to this person this fantastic person, Laura Rizzo, on uh, the Big Idea Ed Big Ed Idea podcast, and she blew me away with some of her personal, some of the things in her personal story, but also um, her ideas on self love. And I thought we've got to have her on. This is exactly what our educators need. So, Laura, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Super blessed. Amazing <laughs> blessed. So uh, you do a wide variety of things, and I want to get into all those pieces, and I want you to be able to talk about self-love, but from what I've learned in listening to previous interview with you, I really think like your personal journey ties into what you're doing now, and I think it's so important. So could you just tell the audience you know, anything you, that you want to about your, your journey up to where you're at now? Yes, of course. So I hope in one way or another that as we're, you know, we're speaking about this, it, it really resonates with with some people out there that have probably been through the same kind of journey that um, little did you know when you were growing up that those things were going to lead you right to where you're supposed to be now. Um, but in, we grew up in poverty. We grew up in the hood, you know, the, the typical hood, gangs, violence. Um, but I think that wasn't the worst part. I think the worst part was the domestic violence, um, and, and father choosing, you know, drugs and alcohol over his family. 
um, which is another story for another time. But really, you know, having a home that we just wanted to get away from every day. And so school was that outlet for us. School was, I have two siblings, um, my brother and, uh, and my sister, we all had friends that were in gangs. Um, we were, we were going to be that statistic, you know, but, but what really did it for us was getting involved in school and going to school to, to play sports, going to school, to join clubs and activities and, and really getting involved in school. And, and when I think of today's world with these kids that struggle so much emotionally and struggle so much socially, I think, man, why didn't we struggle? It's because we had that instant love before it was called social emotional learning. Teachers were giving it to us. We had relationships and you're going to hear so many educators talking about relationships and building those relationships first before anything else. I can't remember a teacher that didn't do that growing up. So for me, school was an outlet. School was an outlet, a way to get away. But, you know, as life goes on, you you know, you're going to have certain obstacles that come to you and, and you need to face them. So, you know, we, we grew up in the hood, grew up in the poverty, got out of that eventually. Um, in, and in my teenage years, um, unfortunately, I, I grew to be a lot like my father. I grew to be a lot like my father. Um, I started drinking when I was a, a freshman in high school. I started drinking alcohol, going to parties. Um, not listening to my mom, my brother who was raising me at the time, because dad wasn't in the picture anymore. And, and I, I just, I was that rebel. I was that rebel kid. I was that rebel that didn't want to listen that, that, you know, that kid that thought you're putting too much pressure on me. And uh, at the age of 16, I started suffering from manic depression, suicidal thoughts, even though I had all the love in the world at home from mom, from brother, from sister, I had it all. I had all the love. We didn't have all the materialistic things, but I had the love. Even though I had all that, I didn't have that, that inner love for myself. I was going through an identity crisis, really finding out at the age of 16 who I wanted to be. I, I was finding these you know, moments of identity that I didn't understand. And I didn't know if you know, they were going to love me for it or not. And so really, that's what I started struggling with. And at the age of 16, I, I tried to commit suicide. I tried to commit suicide. I was stopped by some friends and it was, you know, the worst part is it was at the high school. So I was immediately taken to the, the psych hospital. All of my sophomore year, I was a straight A student growing up, but all of my sophomore year, I lost all that. I lost the A's because I was in and out of the psych hospital. I think two or three different times I had to be admitted because I just couldn't figure it out for myself. Yes, the doctors and the therapists give you all the strategies, but you have to make that change within yourself. It was in, 20, in 1999 that I hated my brother, despised him, but he used to go to this camp. It was called Texans were on drugs at the time. And then Mothers Against Drunk Driving took over. And in the summer of 1999, he took me to this camp. And people that didn't even know me just because they knew I was Fernie's little sister, instant love and instant love completely changed my life. And I'm talking about people that had lost their brothers, their older brothers to drugs, older, older, older siblings that killed themselves because of drugs and alcohol, people that lost their family members to drunk drivers. I mean, the, the worst case scenarios. And they just instantly just loved me just for being Fernie's little sister, just like that instant love changed my life. And I knew then that if I couldn't love myself, um, I couldn't make a difference in my own life. 
and that I needed to start with me first. So it immediately transformed me, immediately changed my life. I started getting more involved in my community. Um, we had a group named Youth Impact where I talked about my story with alcohol and suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts. And, and we would go out, you know, and during Red Ribbon Week, uh, one of the most popular weeks, you know, for drug awareness, we would go out and present to elementary kids on, on these, you know, these really inspiring messages. It was then that my law enforcement teacher that had myself, that had me, my brother and my sister as students, um, he was a big influence on us, Mr. Carpio. We always called him. The funny story is that we were at a party once and um, we kept calling him dad and everybody thought he was our real dad, but because he cared about us so much as, as, his, as his own kids that because of him, I chose to pursue law enforcement in college. So I graduated, went off, uh, you know, outside of El Paso to, to San Antonio at St. Mary's and um, I pursued criminal justice. I pursued a bachelor's in criminal justice. But little do you know, like I said earlier, that growing up and the things that God puts in your path prepare you for other, um, other life, uh, other life um, uh, purposes that you realize, oh, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I wanted to be an FBI. I wanted to be an FBI agent. So I went through all the San Antonio Police Department tests. I went through Border Patrol testing, customs. I wanted to be an FBI agent, but in, in 2006, I, I said, man, I need a plan B. I graduated in 05 and in 06, I said, I need a plan B just in case I don't get into these, just in case I don't pass the academy. You know, there's so much testing. So as a plan B, I went and I did an alternative certification in Espanol, porque pues Espanol es mi, mi primera lengua, pero, you know, I forgot a little bit about it now. And so, um, so in 2006, I got certified um, as an alternative certification in the in Spanish, secondary Spanish, six through 12. They had a job fair and I landed a job just like that. They had a job fair. They were looking for Spanish speakers and giving us stipends. And this was in Pearland, Texas, right outside of Houston. Um, it was predominantly English speaking. So they were always looking for Spanish speakers, you know, to be able to teach Spanish. So in 2006, I transformed myself from law enforcement to let me try this whole education thing. It was then that I realized that my passion was making a difference in kids' life for the positive, for the better, for let me tell you about my experiences to see if somehow, some way, maybe you're going through something that I went through and it's going to help you. So, you know, I always, I always use the model making a difference one life at a time. And I implemented that same youth impact group that I had in high school amongst my kids. So I was the teacher, I was the coach, but I also was the, that life coach. You know, I, I followed them, you know, beyond academics and coaching. I started my own little groups with, you know, youth teaching youth how to make positive um, decisions, how to, how to be positive in their lives, how to stay away from drugs and alcohol uh, be, because of the dangers of it. And, and we did the same thing for, for seven years here in El Paso. Um, at the middle school that I spent most of my career in, we visited elementary schools and, and the kids heard from these middle school kids themselves what life was like for them with drugs and alcohol. This is far before social media. So the problem was drugs and alcohol. The problem was I'm bored. What do I find to do? That was the problem, drugs and alcohol. Now we see now the problem with social media, 
more prevalent is is the the mental health, the the suicidal thoughts, the anxiety, the depression. Um, it's just it's just crazy how in 16 years education has has transformed so much. So here I am, um, 16 years later, and I am a high school counselor um, pursuing long term. Uh, public speaking to eventually just leave education and just do speaking full time and and make that make a living out of that you know you have a, a female in front of you Latina um, super energetic that has shared or has it has experienced those those different things that our generation goes through nowadays and and obviously you know former educator that knows what it's like to teach life before content so that's my long-term goal so right now, you know, most of my time is spent with, with counseling and then working on my doctorate in social emotional learning. Um, I know that's a lot more than you asked for, but it's, it's a really interesting journey, Kyle, because you, you just, I never saw myself doing this. And so when I sit across my students, I say 20 years from now, you're going to be in front of somebody that you're going to say, this is why I experienced everything. This is why I went through everything I went through. This is why I lived in domestic violence gangs, poverty, so that I could stand in front of a kid and tell them you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You just need to start with you. You're going to be okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> no, that, that wasn't too much. That was perfect. <laughs> and your story is unbelievable. The struggles you've had to go through to get to where you're at. It's interesting how sometimes those with struggles find ways to be able to, when they, come, when they can come out on the other side, to be able to use those experiences to, um, in this case, work with youth who may be going through similar things. And just uh, what your story is just really, really powerful. And kudos to you for continuing to go on. And also, uh, shout out to those who stepped into your life to give you, as you said, instant love. I wrote that down. I love that. I love the fact you said instant love changed my life. Just really, really thankful that you're able, you're willing to share your story. I think it's a powerful thing. Obviously has to be a powerful thing for the kids that you're working with. And then moving into even more of the speaking, uh, your story out there will be, uh, continue to be a powerful thing. So thank you for sharing that. And it gives everybody a good picture of where you were at. And that's exactly what I was hoping. The reason why, the reason behind why you believe some of the, the things about self-love that you actually do. And that's kind of where I want to go next. So I don't need to tell you, and I don't need to tell our audience, whether you're a paraprofessional, a teacher, an administrator, whether you drive a bus, whether you're a school nurse, anyone in education, it has been really challenging. And this year, I think sometimes, I know myself included, I thought, this will be a little bit easier than last year. But it turns out, at least for a lot of people, it's not. It's even harder. So now we've, we've across many of our schools across the country, have now reintroduced back to school, and all of our students are getting back to school. There have been some challenging things that have gone along with that, you know, because students have been out for, you know, X number of, of months over the, depending on where you're at. And so there's been a transition period. And so what I've found personally working with a lot of teachers and administrators and paraprofessionals, they are really kind of beaten down on themselves, right? The, the idea of I'm working so hard to give everything I can for everyone around me, and it can be really deflating to you personally. And so 
what could you share with educators who are kind of going through that process of, you know, it's been really challenging and maybe it's hit their self-confidence or maybe it's affected them a little bit as far as how they perceive themselves? So when I talk to teachers, we, we do tons of professional development. When I talk to teachers, it's, it's no different than when I'm talking to, to the students. Um, I've been very blessed this year that my principal allows me to do some, you know, professional development and some of my own speaking on, uh, you know, with my strategies and whatnot on social emotional learning um, with teachers and students. And when I talk to teachers, I begin with the fact that if they cannot take care of themselves, how can they possibly take care of their own students? How? If their mental health, their mindset, their their body, their self-care is not intact, it, it's going to be hard. They're going to be more stressed. And, and research has proven that stress leads to that lack of relationship building. The stress Because they're stressed, they're not going to build those important relationships. And so it's a big domino effect. Administrators need to take care of themselves to be able to take care of the teachers so that teachers can take care of their kids. I always refer to the domino effect. A, a campus that has a climate and culture of positive self-care, positive social emotional learning is a campus where it's a full cycle, where everybody takes care of each other. Administrators show that value, show that care in the teachers. Teachers show that care and and that love onto the students. But for teachers to be able to be successful in the classroom, not that they can't bring their baggage. Yes, bring your baggage, but take care of what you need to take care of and take care of yourself above anything else. So one interesting thing that my school district, they sh- uh, shout out to EPISD, El Paso ISD, the counseling department. One thing that they did is they turned um, the collaborative of academic, social, emotional learning into a, a mental health for adults, where they gave us different strategies and different things um, that adults could do to take care of themselves. When you're talking about self-management, what do you do for exercise? What do you do to, to have that mindful breathing? So a, a, a ton of different activities I'll have to share with you so that you could check it out yourself. Great. Um, and we could share with our audience. It's, it's really awesome. And, and they did that during the pandemic because we saw how prevalent it was for teachers to take care of themselves before anyone else. When I did, when I gave this same speech that I'm telling you right now to our teachers in August of 2020, I had three teachers text me right after and said, Rizzo, we, I, I'm so thankful that you talked about taking care of myself. You have no idea the stress that I've been living in since I had COVID. And it's so hard for me to even think of my students when I'm not even in a good place. So just giving them those strategies, giving them those things that, that and, and I'll share some of those with you all, um, you know, that, that's, that's the positivity. That's why I love doing these things, you know, sharing those strategies. Um, those little things that really make a difference beginning your day. And, um, and I truly, truly believe that if teachers can have that self-care, self-love, um, just everything with that self, that self-management of their own emotions, their own things that they have to battle each and every day, if they can do that, then they can take care of our kids. They can build those relationships. Yeah, but you're, you're spot on. It's nearly impossible to try to um, navigate what's already a challenging year when you've got students who've got a lot of trauma and you have to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of them, right? You yourself 
maybe maybe going through a lot of trauma too. So really good point. The student side isn't a whole lot different in that they are really beaten down too. I mean, who in the right mind could have predicted what we've gone through over the last year and a half? We're, we're teetering on two years here fairly shortly, unfortunately. And the dramatic impact that this has had on young people, I don't think can be understated. And now we've come back in the classrooms and I think what we're seeing is students struggling with the transition back. All of a sudden now they're back in the classroom trying to remember what it was like before, um, you know, how they, how they handled themselves, conducted themselves, how they interacted socially with others. And that process has not been easy and behaviors have been on in the uprise and, and students just being, just going through a whole heap of challenges. And I personally believe so many of our students are really down on themselves too. So um, similar to teachers and similar to administrators and paras and anyone else in education, what would you say uh, as far as advice for helping students who may be really down on, on themselves as well? One of the biggest, one of the biggest, biggest um, pieces of advice that I give teachers anytime I do a, a motivational speech or professional development or just a simple one-on-one conversation is every classroom, you know, you know, every class, your students walk in, you have five minutes to take role, five minutes to, to just, uh, you know, take attendance and make sure everybody's there. In those five minutes, you do an easy bell ringer, quick ride, whatever it is that they call it in different states. But relate that quick right not to what they're learning academically but to life itself and have them write some some positive self messages uh this this the last week i'm sorry um i was very blessed to to be able to share this message with teachers and students and it's about really starting your day with positive self talk i will have a good day i have been blessed because i woke up in a warm bed i'm able to take a shower have them write some gratitude lists have them write something that relates to something positive in their lives if they have something negative to say then no you scratch that out and you replace it with something positive but if that can be a school-wide strategy to any educator listening out there any administrator listening out there using the first five minutes for a quick write to talk about something positive, something positive that happened in their day, something positive that they want to do, just positive self-talk, even having them write three different things that they are proud of for themselves. I am, um, I am loved, I am, I, I am kind, I will overcome. I always share that with teachers and students. Because if our glass, I don't have a glass in front of me, but <laughs> let's pretend it's my glass. If our glass is empty, how can we possibly pour into anybody else? So we teachers need to fill their glass of self-love. Students need to fill their glass of self-love. And how do we do that? We speak positive words into our own lives. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, Laura, you're not, you know, no, Rizzo, you're not going to have these thoughts today. You're going to take it, you know, and have it everywhere. Look at that. One day at a time, you know, you're going to dream, you're going to create, you're going to inspire. I share the messages that I share because I do them every day in my own personal life. Everywhere you walk in my house, I have a positive self message somewhere to where if I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a bad morning, I immediately remember, look, you got to take it one day at a time, one day at a time, one thing at a time. And that's the message that I can share, not just with teachers, but with students. Start your day 
with looking in that mirror and reflecting on what is it that I want to do today that's going to be positive. Because if something negative does happen, you're not going to allow it to, to affect you because you're maintaining a positive mindset. It's all in the mindset. We can't, we cannot control what happens, but we can control our mindset and how we react. You were awesome. <laughs> Let me just say <laughs> that you were awesome. And, and to go from where you were at, you know, as a young person to where you are now is just incredible. Um, I'm sure you got a whole bunch of things that you're thankful about in your life. And this is this is going to be dropping right before Thanksgiving. So let me throw this out there to finish up with you. What would you share as, as far as something that you're thankful for heading into the holiday season here? I'm I'm just thankfully blessed to be able to have overcome the obstacles that I overcame. To be able to sit in front of this audience, to be able to sit in front of you and and share that transparency that makes it that hopefully can connect, can make a difference in somebody's life. I'm I'm thankful for the negative things that happened in my life because it brought me exactly to where I am now. If I can share one thing for for Thanksgiving, um, and, and I'm totally taking this from I love borrowing. I'm totally taking it from my pastor. He talked about a few years ago, he gave a message on thanks living. And so if from now until, um, you know, from the, from the day this drops until the end of the year, every day, share something on your social media, share something on, on Instagram, on Twitter, something that you're thankful for and call it thanks living. Because every day we need to be living in, in thanks for everything that we have and not worrying so much about the things that we don't have. Wow, that's fantastic. I love that. Thanks. You've given me some great things that I've jotted down here, just kind of like that's, as I'm watching. That's what I'm we're just. Here for. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I never believe that as educators, we steal. We need to borrow from each other. It's all borrowing. I agree. I agree. Instant love changed my life and thanks living. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Before, before we jet off, though, I want to give. Uh, you a chance to to plug any social media. How can people contact you if they're interested in just connecting with you? Or I I can only imagine, um, you know, your story is so amazing and powerful. If anybody wants to get a hold of you to, to have you come speak, what what can we do to uh, to connect you with uh, with them? I would love. I'm gonna write this down. If you all are on Twitter, if you all are on Twitter, okay, this is this is for Twitter and uh, Instagram too. It's the same username actually. That's my username at Laura M. Rizzo 14. Okay. We'll drop it. Can we drop it? We'll put it in the show notes. Yep. Absolutely. At Laura M. Rizzo 14. But anything where you're showing, you know, any picture, any, 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 any phrase, any quote where you're showing social emotional love, hashtag it SEL love. SEL love because everything that we do out of kindness of our hearts, out of our hearts, out of, uh, you know, just loving on people. I, I, lo- I love to hear about social emotional love. What are you doing daily to make a difference in your students' lives and in each other's lives, in your family's lives, whatever it is, to show that social emotional love, to really touch on the social emotional before the academic. So that's my that's my username for Twitter, and that's my handle for Instagram as well, at LauraMRizzo1410. And um, anything that you all you know want to tag me on, if um, you know, I'm available to, to come and, and share this in, in greater depth um, and, and just um, you know, make a difference. Just make a difference and teach kids how to be boundless. You see back there, boundless in the obstacles they overcome 
and teach them that there's greatness inside them. It's one of my, my favorite messages when I come and talk to schools. It's uh, there's greatness inside you. And, and you're just talking about being a hero for yourself. If I had learned that at, at a young age that I needed to be a hero for myself within myself, uh, you know, I wouldn't have had all the issues that I did, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and blessed that I went through all that because it allows me to speak on that today. You were all, I said it before, you're awesome. I love your positive message, your message of self-love and your personal journey. And um, I just think you're an absolute inspiration. Thank you so much. I'm, thank, oh, my, so I'm thankful for a lot of things too. I'm thankful that you dropped on and maybe down the road, we can have you back again. Um, I just it. really appreciate you, you being able to share your experiences and how open you are with everybody and how much, how you've learned things and how people have impacted you in your journey. Just really powerful stuff. Thanks so much again, Laura, for jumping on with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Party time. In this edition of Party Time, I'm going to share with you how my misfortune of being a swimming pool owner can sweep back around to help you appreciate some of the things that are happening in your classroom. Seems odd, I'm sure. Well, let me take you back in time. Back to when my family moved to this house that we are currently in. So, about four years ago. I've never owned a swimming pool in my life. I've gone swimming in plenty of other people's swimming pools, but I have never owned a swimming pool. So when we actually sold our previous house and moved to the house we're in now, it came with an above-ground pool. And the kids were excited. We were all excited. I did not know what I was getting myself into. I'd like to tell you that we just moved right into this house and everything was perfect, but it wasn't. We knew it was, you know a 28-year-old house at the time, it was going to take some, some TLC on our part to get it up to where we needed. I, w- I did, however, not expect the TLC to be the swimming pool. The swimming pool was not loved, people. It was just not loved. So we moved in November, and then months later, in... April, we decided to take the tarp off of our swimming pool. The excitement was through the roof. I can remember thinking, oh, if only it gets warm this weekend, I'll just jump in. It'll be cold, but I'll do it anyway because I'm a swimming pool owner. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I was not ready for what what I was about to view. The family all came out as we took the tarp off the top of that swimming pool. And as we peeled it back, what I thought would be a crystal clear pool turned out to look like a browned, mucky pond. Let me me paint a better picture for you. Picture the most disgusting pond you've ever been in or seen or maybe fished in, whatever. Yeah. Or like a river, something like that. River, you know, a river after a good rainstorm. It kind of kicks up the sediments and it's all brown. Yeah. That was our swimming pool. And I thought, oh boy. (laughs) Not only 
do I not really know how to um, own and maintain a pool? I don't know what to do with a brown pool. So YouTube is where it's at, people. I went on to YouTube and I also read plenty of articles from people who have had to force them through the disaster of being a swimming pool maintainer. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And we started to get the pool to clean up some. Well, I've told you in past episodes, my arch nemesis is weeds. There's actually another one, and it's a plant as well. It is mustard algae. If you own a swimming pool, you do not want that junk in your pool. You know, what ended up what we ended up having to do to clean up the pool originally was I had to scoop out sticks, leaves, things like that that the previous owner had just I guess let sit in the pool. And instead of taking the time to clean the pool up before they closed it because they knew they weren't coming back to that house, they just closed up the pool. And that's why it was brown. So we scooped all that out and I figured out how to work a filter. And you put a bunch of chemicals in. Eventually, it started to clear up. However, a couple weeks later, in May, we really hadn't even been able to swim in it yet. The pool started to turn back to a different kind of color. Most like a a greenish brown again, but it was a hint of green. And I thought, what on earth? There's no leaves. There's no sticks. What could be the problem? Mustard algae, that could be the problem. And it turns out, mustard algae is like weeds. It'll keep coming back over and over again till you get it all taken care of. Well, problem is, I couldn't get it taken care of. I tried all kinds of stuff. I have a friend who works at a a pool store, and he's like, try this, try this, try this. And I'm like, ching! ching 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 have some more money have some more money have some more money while I try to figure this out and I'm still not successful I finally stumbled on to something that helped me out with it it was like this big sock not a real sock but like a kind of like a big felt bag that you put over the return where the water comes back in because it turns out mustard algae is so nasty then so small, like the the it's just tiny little particles. It goes through your your sand filter and comes back into the pool. So even if I would vacuum stuff out and I tried all kinds of things, it wasn't really working. I wasn't getting anywhere. And then I stumbled on that magic felt bag that I hooked up to the return, and oh the orange nasty brown substance that got caught in that thing. Oh, disgusting. But it worked. It finally worked. My pool cleared up. And we finally went swimming, ladies and gentlemen. We went swimming. In July. (laughs) We went swimming in July. It took me months to get to that point. Months. 
Let me tell you, there are some challenges in life that will really kind of break you off at the knees. The pandemic was one. For me, being a swimming pool owner who had to tackle mustard algae was another. There were multiple times where my wife was like, are you okay? Like I couldn't stop thinking about mustard algae and I'm a little stubborn. So I wasn't going to give up easy. And so I've constantly researched. I am not losing to the mustard algae. That was my philosophy. (laughs) And eventually I did win, but it took months of stress because I had kids who desperately wanted to get into the pool but we couldn't because it was orangish brown green mess that dad could not figure out how to clean up until the magic felt bag was attached to the pool. So what does that have to do with you in your classroom? Probably not a lot, except this. I look back now at that pool experience And although I really wanted to put a fork in a pool and just drain that sucker out. (laughs) Have you ever, have you ever seen, was it the father bride where Steve, um, Steve Martin is like so stressed out. He goes to, he's in a grocery store and he grabs like a hot dog packet and he's so ticked off that the hot dog packet comes in eight instead of like, I guess a dozen that he like loses his mind. I had times like that when I felt like that about the pool. Like, I'm just going to stick something in this pool and I'm draining. I'm done, right? But looking back, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I was able to push through because now I can see that going through that mess, it made me a better pool owner. I learned a boatload about pools. I'm certainly you know, have plenty more that I could learn uh, about it. But going through that process gave me knowledge about pools I did not know that I would ever get. So back to your classroom. Going through these challenging times, I think when we come out the other side and knock on wood, I think we're close, right? We're getting closer. God willing, We will come out the other side and you'll look back and you'll be thankful that you made it through. Yes. But I think like I kind of learned from the pool, I think you're probably going to be like, I learned a lot about teaching. I learned a lot about kids. I learned of some different instructional strategies. I learned some different ideas that I can use in my classroom now because of it. Maybe I learned the importance of some of the things that I took for granted before. I know I learned that, you know, swimming pools aren't so easy (laughs) to maintain. Maybe I took that for granted like it was going to be a piece of cake to come in and be a pool owner. I know different now. I think we all know education is nothing to take for granted either. Teaching is an amazing job, but it doesn't come without challenges. And so... Whether you're listening or viewing this during the holiday season, remember, take some moments to, be, to think back to some of the stuff that we've gone through and be thankful for some of the things you learned. Be thankful for the time you got to spend with those kids. 
be thankful for all the success that you've had. Love yourself. It's okay to love yourself. You know, it has been really challenging. That's an understatement. So it's okay for you to take some time to just say, I'm a good person. I'm trying really, really hard here to make an impact and just give yourself some grace because it hasn't been easy and because you deserve it. You're working in a field that can really cut you up inside if you're not careful because there's a lot of stuff going on in classrooms, in schools that are not easy for you as you work through the process of being a teacher, being an administrator, being a paraprofessional, whatever it is you're doing in education. So love yourself. It's okay. Give yourself permission to say, I'm a good person and I'm trying really hard. Let me end on this. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you and everyone else in education that you're trying to dig deep and you're trying to make an impact despite the challenging times. Remember, helping's hard. Take care of yourself so you can take care of them. I hope to see you again soon. Don't forget, have a turkey leg on me. Have a great one. Party time! It's like, boo, 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 sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting agitators. Always watching. Last Christmas. <laughs>